Welcome back, my dudes, and thank you for listening to Dear FBI Agent. Today, we got a delightful episode for you, and I hope it helps you pass the time during this quarantine struggle. In other news, we are coming close to the end of our season, and episode 10 will sadly be our series finale. Stay tuned for more news on that later. Like and subscribe on the YouTubes, and give our Spotify account a follow if you haven't already. Music? Take it away. Hello, sir. Hi. How are we this afternoon? We have not often recorded in the afternoon, and I don't know why we haven't, because I feel it is a much more appropriate time to do this. I like the night better because it's like the finale to my day, you know? If something so spicy happens today, you can talk about it tonight. Because you're 4 p.m. to 7 p.m., really just everything happens then. Yeah, brother. Mm -hmm. Jonah. Mm Mm-hmm. On our list here, it says Jonah onesie story. I really want to know what that's about. And I think our viewers do too. Topic list that we made in June? Yeah. I think our viewers want to know what Jonah's onesie story is about. I think you want to know because you, before you started recording, you just asked me about it and I said I wouldn't tell you. In seventh grade, I got a dinosaur onesie with a hood from a family friend. I wore it a couple of times, it was fine, but there was one day I woke up in the middle of the night, no reason, wasn't in any pain or anything. But I look at my, when I was younger, I wore lotion gloves for my eczema. So I looked at one of my lotion gloves and it was covered in blood. And I was like, that's strange. So I lift up my blanket and my, my bed is just not sopping, but there's a lot of blood on my blanket and on my sheets. And I'm like, I'm looking around and I'm like, what? Is ble- I don't feel anything. I'm like check padding my body. I don't feel any cuts or bruises or anything that will warrant such blood. So I go to the bathroom. You know, I take off the onesie to give myself a full scan of what is wrong. And I cut myself. How did you cut yourself? Over the pee-pee. Slice the tip. You sliced the tip of your pee-pee? Yes, I did with the onesie. Ouch. Yeah. It was the very uncomfortable following three weeks. Gym class was rough. I've told that story a lot. Wait, so you you sliced your pee-pee and it healed? Well, yeah. Nice. So you're good enough now? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. That's good. We're good healers down there. We work hard. You know, I feel like in your, in our bodies, there are like... I envision like a assembly line factory of employees keeping everything going, kind of like a whole democracy in there. Like you have a couple employees for your shoulders, a couple employees for your your peepee area, and then you have a couple. Isn't that what like cells are? Aren't cells the quote quote employees doing all the? Is aren't you just talking about cells? In which there would be a lot more than a few. But I, I think I see your point here. But it's like a whole democracy in there, keeping everything going. Like a toilet, for example, Ed McAllister, Isaac can vouch for this. 
there's like automatic flushing toilets and the toilets flush way too sensitively. If you're mm-hmm. like there for a second. Yeah, I don't like, like those. Oh, you get like, like four or five flushes in one use. And like, oh no, I'm not done God. yet. It's such a waste of energy. So like if you're peeing, as soon as you start, it flushes. Like when you stop and then you get a little goodbye flush on your way out. It's like three. And like, I have to like really be quiet and not move those special amount of times I can just get one flush and it's really divine. Wouldn't the internal government of your body be more of an oligarchy and not a democracy? Because your brain and your heart are like- The rich. I could see that. I could see that. that. Right? Yeah. Does oligarchy have to be three or more or is it just more than one? I don't know. What's an oligarchy? What's a onesie? You don't know what a onesie is? I asked you about the onesie story, but I have to admit, I don't really know what a onesie is. It's a, the pajama. It's, a, it's like a onesie. It's like, what? It's, it's a, like a bodysuit. Pajama. With a zipper. Wait, so you sliced your pee-pee on your pajamas? On the zipper. Oh, ouch. Oh, ouch. You didn't say that before. Well, I thought you knew what a onesie was. We got Bryson a onesie. Me and a couple of the guys, we um, do our, our group FaceTime uh, switch playing. We'll do like Mario Kart or we do Smash a lot. Uh, sometimes we raid in uh, Pokemon Shield or Sword or whatever they have. But on one of our calls, it was before Christmas and we were asking Bryson what he wanted. And all he was saying was that he wanted clothes. And we were like, well, what kind of clothes? And he would just say clothes. So we came up the, with the idea. We spent an afternoon, me, Connor, Matthew, and Chris. Uh, we went to the mall and a whole bunch of places. And we were just shopping, looking around for any kinds of clothes that we thought were fit for Bryson. So we got him a couple things. We got him that we got him a unicorn onesie where it has the tail and like a unicorn head on top. And it's really, really cute. And we got him a, an, a kid's extra large Sonic the Hedgehog graphic tee because he likes Sonic the Hedgehog. And then we also got him women's Nike pros. We are still waiting to see him put on. Yeah, see, men are afraid to put on the women's gear. And I think it's just such a shame because the manly men, the manliest men wear women's gear and aren't afraid to be feminine, you know? Viewers, if you're gonna take any message from this day, Take that one. Gender norms, you got to screw them up and, you know, really rebel against the gender norms. Because That is not where I was going, talking about giving Bryson Nike pros. Bryson should put those on. He really should. But, I mean, not for the reason you're talking about. But, I mean, I guess, yeah, that's also a good one. I mean, number one, so we can see him in them. And then number two, to defy gender norms. I think uh, that group of kids is not really the uh, defying gender norms type. Ah, interesting. Jonah, we got a great guest today, don't we? We do. I was very excited for this, and I can't wait to get it going. Yeah, uh, she's an amazing person, very good actress, really moving up in the Niles North Theater Department. Uh, One of our closest friends in the department and outside. We have hung out both, both uh pre-quarantine in Louis's house actually and post-quarantine on walks and such and our friendship with her is very very unique because we're a couple years apart and so with our kind of age gap it it brings kind of a funny dynamic 
and uh, a very funny sense of humor that is brought to our interactions. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Ratliff. Sam, how are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? I'm good. Jonah, how are you? I feel like a lot of people don't ask how we're doing. That's good. Thank you. I mean, I'm sure they do. Not that it matters because it doesn't. Yeah. Okay, Sam, of course, we're going to start this out the same way that we do with our other guests. Um, I'm sure I know you know this because you listen to all of our episodes and you're always on, on it. When did you first meet us, if you can recall, and your reactions to those encounters? My first interaction ever with Jonah was after um, the Clybourne Park cast list came out. And we were picking up these like really heavy speakers and putting them into one of the closets. Like while I'm like heavy lifting this huge speaker, you know, maybe not the best time to strike up conversation. Jonah's like, you're playing the deaf one, right? So like, how do I respond to that? Um, so that was my first impression of Jonah. It was second semester of my freshman year. First impression of Louis. Well, the first time I like really met Louis was Chicago. Kind of just knew who you were playing Mr. Cellophane. But the first time I ever talked to you was probably also Clybourne. You called me Prego in Deffy, which is really funny. But yeah, I think I met both of you guys like through that show though. I don't remember that speaker thing because I remember Jacqueline making us get, not making us, but asking us to get her the pizza. That That's my memory of our first encounter. Yeah. It's something you told me <clears throat> or you told us before was something with the orange, orange peel, oranges. Oh, the orange. I had never eaten an orange before. And one day during Clybourne, I forgot to bring lunch because I'm disorganized. And Jonah gave me the first ever orange I've ever tried. It was a clementine. What's the difference? They're, I mean, they're two completely different fruits with two completely different tastes. So did you notice that when you had the clementine, it didn't taste like orange juice? Not particularly, no. They taste the same. Orange juice and I really have a interesting relationship because before high school, back in the day, I was known throughout the community for my deep love and appreciation for orange juice. I would drink it all the time and just have it with everything. But in like freshman year, I think it started, it began to give me extraordinarily painful tummy troubles. And oh after, every time I drank orange juice, I would just have the worst shit of my life. So I had to give up orange juice freshman year, which was life-changing coincidentally it's when all my mental problems started so maybe there's something to that but i just i haven't had orange juice in like five years and it's it's really been this that's that's been a, a personal struggle for me to this day you haven't had orange juice. yeah i haven't had it since like eighth grade freshman year sam sam samarama nama listen it's your second semester of junior year do you have any ideas or thoughts about where you want to go in your future? What colleges you're considering and any future career plans? If you don't have any, that's also fine. Whatever you're thinking right now. Well, I want to go out of state. That's for sure. I just kind of want to like 
experience something a little newer, which might not be the best choice because I'm not the most responsible person, but I'm not really sure if I'm going to continue with theater and music yet. I kind of like the idea of law, maybe, perhaps. That'd be something cool to try out. But yeah, I haven't really chosen anything yet. Like, I feel like this past year hasn't felt like time has passed. So it's like weird to think I'm like second semester junior now. And I actually have to start thinking about those things. If you want to talk about your either or both least favorite and favorite shows you've done so far, either at North or in your lifetime. Wow, there's, I've done a lot of shows. I'm working on my like 12th now, I think. I've done a lot of shows. My least favorite has to be EP Zombie. I think (laughs) that's, that's, it was not the best written script. Like the cast had a really hard time understanding it. Also, our cast was so problematic. Jonah, I think you can vouch for me on this. We always, wow, we had so much drama in that show. There's there's so much going on like behind the scenes. So it was kind of like a fever dream. Like, I don't really remember. That's often how I describe it. Yeah. I'll see like snap memories pop up and I just like don't recall any of the show. I don't remember what it was about. I think one of the reasons Baskin led like a discussion, like a Socratic seminar after it is to like tell the audience what happened because (laughs) I'm pretty sure the audience didn't know what the story was about. One of the reasons is because we, the cast also did not know what it was yeah. about. So it's really I, hard to tell the audience your story if you don't know the story you're telling. My parents saw the show and they like stayed after for like the little Q&A portion. And even after they saw it and like got questions answered in the Q&A, they still didn't know what the show was about. I don't think it was bad directing or bad acting. We just didn't know what was going on ourselves. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a weird show. It was overall pretty fun. Like it was a fun cast. I had people I liked in there, so. Yeah, I had an, an aunt who came to see it. That was the only show she saw me in. She was going to see Matilda, but that didn't happen. So I, I keep forgetting to do this, but I want to almost apologize to her that like, that's the only thing she saw. I just want to say, you know, I swear we're better at this. <laughs> I swear there's better stuff. I think we did a good job at pulling it off. I think it was a good show. I think it was probably just my least favorite because I didn't resonate with it that much. Because, like, I've never known a group of schoolboys who turned into zombies after getting in a fatal car crash, you know? Right, it's hard to relate to that. And that was when my era of typecasting still, when they still put me as, like, the most uh, depressed and problematic. The really sad characters just yeah. speak. Dead mother, all my friends died. You and Kyler took your shirts off in that last last little yeah, show. We wanted to make it exciting for the last performance. What so we, uh, we really resonated with the, you know, we wanted to resonate with the tribal energy. In addition to the white facing we were all doing, we took some body paint and put them on our chests and went out there for the for the final number. Also, when I auditioned for it, I didn't know I would be singing and dancing in that. No one told me. <laughs> I was so confused why there was a dance audition to the show. None of us knew. I remember because they put up a little dance portion. I was like, what's this about? Is there just going to be like a little thing in the show? I had no idea. It was like, it was kind of a musical. Yeah. Now like before a- I did the musical. Yeah. I had no idea that it was going to be a musical. And I think a lot of the cast didn't know that it was going to be like a musical type of thing because Dylan was always like, I don't want to sing. I don't yeah. want to have, I don't want to do that. That and like really- I wasn't like embarrassed or anything doing any Rudolfo stuff. Like I liked doing all of that. 
but I was low-key, like, embarrassed for the skeleton bodysuit thing. Like, it felt humiliating. What was your favorite show? My favorite's either Clybourne or Shakespeare Slam. I like the idea of Shakespeare Slam because it's not a show. You have so much, like, time to figure out, like, how you want to approach it, and you get to tell a story that you're interested in. And then there's also the competing part with this. Miss Baskin, I know you're probably listening, but Miss Baskin is the most competitive person I've ever met and she's gonna deny it she's gonna say that she's not but she is she's so competitive and it honestly makes it more fun for us as a cast to just see like how far she'll go to like try to get us to win the teams are always like really close we were really really close last year and like this year is obviously different because it was held online we didn't get to like interact with each other as much I'm really close to like majority of the group from last year so that's probably my favorite. How has your fine arts experience changed at Niles North due to the coronavirus? A lot's changed. Want to talk about all those changes? I'm definitely like very grateful of how determined our teachers are. I think the biggest part of like change that I've noticed it's just like, it's so much harder to like, you know, really feel like you're getting stuff done and you're getting involved like through a computer. The theater board this year has been like doing a lot of like online events. And like we sent out little holiday cards too this year because, you know, we just really want people to feel like things haven't changed. It's hard to find motivation a lot. At the end of the day, we still all love it. The musical actually, the auditions for that just happened. We're doing a little online musical, which is pretty exciting. Excited to see how that goes. It's it's changed a lot, but I think it's honestly just shown who's really dedicated, you know, and who really wants to like take the time to be there. Not that like, if you can't participate online, you aren't dedicated, but like there are so many people in this department who have just been bending over backwards, doing so much work this semester, which is really cool. What is it like having a normally functioning theater board? Just curious. It's so fun. It's so fun. Miss Baskin always like jokes about like, I'm not used to not having like arguments. I feel like last year we would argue so much the little family fights that you guys would have. The board is like some of my favorite people. Like we have a group chat that we text like every day. We like make TikToks about each other. I think in some ways it's kind of bad having such like a close-knit group because sometimes when we're supposed to be like getting work done, we're just like goofing off or like talking to each other. But overall, like the environment is really positive. Don't know how it was last year. I wasn't in theater board last year, but apparently there was lots of arguing, Louis. I can vouch for that. How have you been keeping the faith during times of adversity? And what are some elements in your life, people in your life, that are helping you get through quarantine? The main thing that's like keeping me, you know, motivated during all this is that things are gonna get better. It's not gonna stay this way forever. Eventually, hopefully I'll be able to like go back to school and like see my friends in person and all that. I think that and just like my friends, you guys have been great. Love hanging out with you guys, going on our walks, talking to you guys. It's really nice because last year I was like so busy with theater you know, I'd be at school every night really late. And so I've gotten like a lot closer with my family. Like I get to see them more. 
and my sister was just she left yesterday but she was back for like a month and a half from college so it's it's really nice to just kind of get to know more about the people around you and like form closer relationships and have people who are in the same boat as you who understand how it feels to be a student during all of this those listening who aren't as familiar with Sam you are our youngest interviewee so far on this thing wow um, oh yeah yeah covid has a lot of people have been talking about how the class of 2020 was you know robbed and the seniors this year are also having difficulties well i mean they are uh, how do you feel that your class has been affected by this? Well, I feel like the classes of like 2020 and 2021 have definitely had it worse because like the class of 2020, you guys didn't know what was hitting you. You just thought you're going to have an extra week of spring break. And now it's been like almost a year. Honestly, in some ways, I think my class kind of has it easier. You know, junior year is supposed to be like the hardest year, you know, online you have the teachers are giving you, at least for me, like a lot less work and it's a lot less time consuming. It's been nice in certain aspects. Like I feel like I'm not swamped with work like I would have been if like we were in person, but it sucks not being able to like do normal things and like actually like sit down in class and like, you know, watch your teacher teach is definitely weird. Our class is honestly like pretty lucky, you know, because the freshmen, like that's their first year of high school experiences online which is like so not like accurate to what the high school experience is actually like. So I feel like we kind of got lucky. We were like right in the middle. We're still gonna probably, hopefully next year, end up getting, you know, a senior year and getting to do all the things that come with that. And I'm pretty grateful that I'm class of 2022 right now. The golden classes are the year older than us. And then your year are like getting the best of it, so. I would rather be you right now. Sam. You could just ask the no one else is here. <laughs> well, I could be saying Jonah. He could be asking you a question. You never know. Could be surprising you, spicing things up a bit. Yeah. Jonah, how was your day today? I mean, it's fine. I've had a Nutri-Grain bar and a bowl of soup. That's all you've eaten today? That is all I've eaten today. Have you lifted? I have actually. How much are you lifting these days? I'm, I'm guessing somewhere between like 20 and 30. Wow. Training to be Thor. I'm working on the hair right now. Speaking of hair, perfect segue, Harry Styles. Oh, God. <laughs> so you uh, mentioned Harry Styles quite a bit. What is it about Harry Styles that makes him the bomb.com? Well, first of all, I don't know if you've listened to his albums, Louis or Jonah, mm -hmm. but he's a really good songwriter. He's very talented. I kind of started becoming a fan of his beginning of quarantine, which kind of helped me get through it a bit. You know, I had something to distract myself. He stands for like all the right things, like Black Lives Matter. Um, he's a big ally of the LGBTQ plus community. He just seems, I mean, I don't know him personally, but he seems like really nice guy. Also, He's beautiful. He's like a Greek god. Have you seen him? Wonderful. Have you seen the Vogue cover? He's a handsome human being. You don't know you're beautiful? Be uh, turns 10 this year, is that right? Yeah. I'm not going to give up the exact date that we're recording this, but a year ago today was a great day for a lot of us. Theaterfest 2020. 
obviously that trip was very defining, I'll mm-hmm. say in short, for a lot of us that went. Sam, in the past year, you have grown since the events of Theater Fest. I think all of us who went have definitely kind of scared us a little bit, scared us into making sure we really were on our best behavior at all times. I feel bad for the people who were involved in it because I feel like they were viewed differently for a while. And it's like, we're human. We all make mistakes. I felt bad for like the people who had to stay after that trip because like, you know, there were some great aspects to it, but it was just, it caused a lot of turmoil later in the theater year. That was my first theater fest. It's honestly funny looking back at it. How do you feel you have grown since then? Yeah, I was trying to answer that oh, one. Oh, my bad. Expose me. I only love my bad. My mama, I'm sorry. I think it's caused me to be a lot more aware of my actions. I think everybody who was there, it's definitely like caused me to try to be a lot more responsible, especially in the theater department. Like after that, I really tried to be a leader. So I think it, it caused me to step up, which I think was good for me. How, how did it change you guys? You guys, that was your last theater fest. That was my first and last. First and last. I mean, I've never slept with a man before. So that was a interesting experience. I would say we came out, we, we went in as boys, but we definitely came out as men. To put it even more frank, I think we came out of theater fest and we conceived a baby, which- Well, we didn't, that was well established that it was not, I'm not responsible for the outcomes. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk, we'll about, talk that. about that. I do have the baby right here, if you wanna. Well, I mean, okay, um, back to, cause I- Gavin Ratliff, he's an iconic, iconic human being. He's obviously very special to you as uh, a brother and we would love it if you could talk through some of your favorite memories with Gavin and talk us through as well why your relationship with him is so outstanding and meaningful to you. The reason why, for the people who don't know, my little brother, Gavin, he just turned 13. He's a teenager now. He was born when I was like three. So I kind of always had to, me and my older sister had to kind of like be very protective of him, but I'm really grateful for it because I feel like it's taught me compassion, you know, growing up. I might not be as understanding and like kind if I didn't have him as a brother. It just taught me to like, you know, be patient with people and understanding with people because you never know what might be going on with them behind closed doors. He's a character. He is. He's everybody thinks he's the nicest little guy in town. He's he's kind of a bully. He's a little mean to me. Like I tried to wake him up the other day. My mom told me to go upstairs and wake him up. And you know, I walk upstairs. I'm like, hey, hey, buddy, it's time to get up. He turns around, he points to his door and he he yells at me and he's like, bitch. It's like leave. He doesn't know how to say much, but the things that he says are very <laughs> hurtful. He's a crazy boy. My favorite memory with him, probably we do like these yearly like buddy walk things to like raise awareness about Down syndrome. And one time I absolutely smoked him in a beanbag toss game. Yep. Cause they have like little stands with prizes. And you would think that me being like probably like 14 at the time, I'd go easy on him. But no, I showed him up. I embarrassed him for the rest of his life. He's going to have to live with that defeat. It's probably my favorite memory with him. 
being the uh, theater kid that you are, whether you continue to be so or not, you are a very fine art oriented individual. Would you like other people to know other things about you going forward? And if so, what would they be? I mean, I don't really know. Like, I'm a pretty simple person. I don't, like, those are like, you could hear Gavin yelling upstairs if you listen mm. close. I'm getting my license soon. I mean, that's probably not like legacy worthy, but it's something. It's interesting. It's a choice. I didn't know women could drive. <laughs> she, she can't. She's actually not very good. You know, you've never been in a car with me. Well, naturally, being you're a woman, it's understandable that you would be less yeah. up than us. But also, I think you're just nothing against you. I just don't think you're good. I, it'll be a while until I trust getting into your vehicle. I have never seen you drive. Who are you to criticize our me. drive? I'm actually a really good driver. I, 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 I pride myself in my abilities. Well, Sam, we want to thank you so much for agreeing to be on our podcast entitled Dear FBI Agent. I know the title. And we would like to open the floor for you at this point to ask any questions to us that you've had on your mind for eternity. Louis, you and I went to homecoming together. Recall that? So my question for you is, was it a bad night? Did you enjoy yourself? No, I, I definitely enjoyed myself. Yeah, no, it wasn't a bad night at all. I, I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed taking pictures with everyone. And yeah, I mean, it was a little awkward because I wasn't used to like school dances, but I mean, it was... You lost your coat. Do you remember that? Vaguely. There was an entire coat system where you could just pay $1 to like put your coat in a safe space. But Louis like, no, oh. I'm keep my coat on too prideful he gives his coat to somebody so that we can go in like the main room with like the music and everything and he comes back he can't find it and he's like running around for like 15 minutes and I'm just like standing there like following him around like he didn't know where his coat was I hate losing stuff and not knowing where it is you know next time I'm gonna give you a dollar so that you could just put your coat away like everybody else another question I have you guys asked me like what my first like memory or like impression of you guys was. What was it for me? What was your first interaction or impression of me? Uh, what was your freshman year? Was Lost in You Harmo first year? What, oh, why not? And why? oh yeah, do you remember me from that? Cause I don't remember you from that. You scared me. You scared like the living hell out of me. You make a face when you're like playing bass and it's just like, if anybody approaches you, you're gonna like hit them. Oh, that face is me being annoyed and bored, usually. Louis, what was your first impression of me? I think it was our first rehearsal for Clyborne. I think I thought of you as cheerful and excited and ready to rehearse. Were you one of the three people who submitted the character bio? Me? Yeah. I think I did. It wasn't very well written. I remember I was procrastinating and I was trying to write it during my study hall and the fire alarm went off. So like I was outside like with my little Chromebook like trying to type it up. I turned one in. Jonas was good. I guess it was just the three of us who turned in the character bio. My candy bar is still in the air. It's a really good character bio, Jonas. Thank you. My first one as well. The first rehearsal, I think we did a read through, and I was terrified because I had to do like Betsy on the first day, and like she kind of spoke in like more like noises. I remember being so nervous because. I thought that like you guys and like Nicole and Steven would like hate me and be like, oh, 
amateur horrible i was just as horrified yeah nobody think about it why are you always the like sad dead characters right i don't know it's a good question i remember you showed up like on the first day and i hadn't read the play all the way through yet and you were like i'm already memorized I yeah, like, 12 lines on the last page. <laughs> You're so professional. I was like, I'm fu- I'm lacking. Yeah, like there are 84 pages in the script and my first line was the last line on page 83. I don't see the car. Jabbing me. Morning. Speechless. <laughs> brought, brought me to tears. I did. I did do that. What was your guys' like first show at north mine was tick tick boom what was your first show louis my first show was my freshman year at the end uh, i was a show called a flea in her ear i honestly i personally think louis most memorable role was the waiter in um matchmaker i was a solid one you and roy impeccable dude i remember with roy i was bleeding Okay, I don't know why I was bleeding. My hands are always pretty dry. I think like I was bleeding and it might've gotten on the tableware and Amy and David might've been eating blood. Oh God. And then Roy was like, you're bleeding. And I was like, yeah, the show must go on because like the show had to go on. Like, what was I gonna do? I had to like go to this stage manager and say, hey, can you like tell someone that I'm bleeding and maybe someone can like bring me a Band-Aid and then Miss Baskin ran up with the Band-Aid and that was better. But then I think the next day I bled again and kept bleeding. So that was a show must go on moment. But that was like a small role, but one I really, one I still in- enjoyed. That was probably my favorite Niles North show that I've seen from just like an audience's perspective. Well, yeah, I don't know what to say in terms of in the past, it's like stuck out. We're, we, since we've gotten back, it, we haven't been good at this. Yeah. We need to find an ending. I don't know how to end this. Uh, damn. I'm looking at the, the... Dear FBI agent. Damn. Damn. Ah. There's a rare occasion when you should come completely blank. I think we should do, Dear FBI agent, women can't drive or shouldn't drive. Not that they can't, because some can, but they shouldn't, because it's not their place. Saudi Arabia had it right for a long time. All right. Are we all good with women can't drive? Shouldn't. Yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't drive. Shouldn't yes. drive. Okay. Okay. Do we have your consent? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. And then I'm going to... Are you old enough to give consent? No. Can you go ask your mom if we can say women can't drive? Can Louie and Jonah say that women can't drive on the podcast? Shouldn't. You shouldn't. Do you give consent for that? That they shouldn't drive? Yeah. I don't really think you should be driving yet. Aha. Uh-huh. That's what I said. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. today. She's so. Or Sam specifically shouldn't drive. Yeah, uh, shouldn't drive. She's so little timid and people ride her ass. Well, that's she a needs good to be thing. a little more aggressive and confident. We're not 21 yet, but when I hit 21, which, is, which I can say next year, I turn 21. So next year, I can teach you how to drive. Well, I'll probably have my license by then, but like- It'll still be bad. You'll have your license, but like you you won't be able to drive still. You know what I mean? I'm gonna be able to party with you guys on your 21st birthdays. Sam shouldn't drive. Sam shouldn't drive? We're changing it to- Sam shouldn't drive, yeah. Okay. Mother confirms. One, two, ready, go. 
Dear, Dear FBI agent. Doesn't need to be that slow. Sam shouldn't, Sam shouldn't drive. Gavin approves. And with that, we'd like to give another hearty thank you to Sam for being on Dear FBI Agent. It's not an easy experience, but with those with the strength of will can endure. But being on here isn't an easy experience. I, I can, yeah, that is correct. It's a good resume. You can put this on your resume. Not a lot of people will have been on here. All right, Sam, have a great day and we will see you soon. You too. Well, yeah, hopefully. Viewers, we hope you all thoroughly enjoyed that interview with the one and only Samantha Ratliff. So as all of you know, Dear FBI Agent is soon coming to a close. Aww. Yeah, yeah, I know. We're just as sad as you are. To finish out this season and to bring this era to an end, we have a very exciting announcement to make for you all regarding our series finale. Dear FBI agent is coming to you live. That's right, L-I-V-E, live. On Friday, January 22nd at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, Louie and I will be recording our last episode of the podcast and you are all invited to join the fun. A couple of days beforehand, we will send out the Zoom link information on our social media handles that will allow you to access the behind the scenes fun of how Dear FBI Agent comes together. Join us for our final interviews, some fun, some games, and so much more. Louis doesn't know this yet, but I will be making a Kahoot that you can play and it will highlight our best adventures throughout the months. A Kahoot? That sounds fun. I would come to a Dear FBI Agent live podcast if there were a Kahoot. Now, if you really want to win this Kahoot, you have to know what adventures Jonah and I have gone on together. And that means if you have not listened to all of our episodes, now is a great time to do so. And you really should want to win because the winner will be getting, actually be getting a prize. And the prize is actually pretty freaking awesome. Yes, it is. The mm-hmm. Zoom room will be open at 8 p.m. again on Friday, January 22nd. So come join us for as long or as little as you want. And you really do want to join us because a select number of viewers will be chosen to be special guests who get to talk with me and Jonah when we are recording the episode. Woo! Stay tuned to our social medias for more information. Music, take us home. <laughs>